Hello, very well. <laughs> I'm trying to be like you. Um. Okay, so today I'm going to be explaining. So I'm going to be explaining. Um. Wait. All right. Um. I just got a bit uh, shy. But I'm actually gonna um, explain it now because I'm gonna long it out in it. Okay, so basically, um, oh, I feel so awkward. Do you know what? It's not even that zoo. I don't know what I'm doing for now. Oh, I'm so annoying. Okay, so I, <laughs> I really hate myself. Let me start again. Do you know what? I'm really longing this out because I'm procrastinating. I know for a fact I am. <clears throat> But um, I made a mind map on the topic, like I just copied the textbook onto a mind map. And then now I'm going to um, do this audio thing and then I'm going to do exam questions on this. So basically the topic is psychopathology and then this is the subtopic, which is phobias. And um, so you can use the behavioural approach to explain phobias. By the way, I'm reading it, but it's like condensed notes, but yeah. <sighs> Which is like observable behaviours and stuff. That's <laughs> on a shit. Um so you can use the two process model which like explains that the phobia can be learned by oh this is so boring. <laughs> um what was I saying? Yeah. Um the phobia can be learned. <laughs> I really hate myself. Do you know what? This is going to be so useless to me. Like if I'm just sitting here giggling, like a fucking idiot, I'm pissing myself off. Do you know what? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if I sound gay. Because you're more gay. Because <laughs> you're worse than me. Uh, um, right. So, the two process model is like the phobia is learned by like but uh, see i can't speak i'm not speaking i'm not playing <laughs> i am not playing i feel so embarrassed now i feel like my voice is so gay i'm gonna spit this shit out so that doesn't distract me okay whatever i can fucking sound gay i don't give a shit um so the two process model is when the phobia is learned initially by classical conditioning and then it's maintained by operant conditioning. So classical conditioning is um, learning that occurs by association. So two stimuli is repeatedly presented together. So the unconditioned stimulus and the neutral stimulus is um, re- like presented together several times until the neutral stimulus eventually produces the same response as the unconditioned stimulus. So... The two process model says that um, the person's phobia is initially acquired by classical conditioning. Um, yeah, and then there's like research. So Watson and Rayner did the little Albert study where they created a phobia in this nine month old baby called Albert obviously and um they paired a rat which is you they paired a rat with a loud sound like constantly so the rat was the neutral stimulus and the loud sound is the unconditioned stimulus um 
And then the loud sound creates an unconditioned response of fear. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, so neutral stimulus becomes associated with the unconditioned stimulus so that they both now produce the fear response in the baby. Um, so whenever the baby saw the rat by itself, he like was distressed and produced a fear response. So he developed a phobia of the rat um, only because it was constantly paired with a loud sound. Does that make sense? I don't know. <clears throat> Two hours later. Uh, yeah. And then Albert also generalised this phobia to similar objects. So, like, to rabbits or, like, fur coats or Santa. So, anything furry, like the rat, um, he had a phobia of. Yeah. And then... Oh, yeah. And then the second part of the two-process model is operant conditioning, which is learning by consequences. So the consequences of your behaviour will shape your future behaviour. Um, yeah. So the phobia, like, actually stays and lasts long because of operant conditioning. Because, like, you always, like, reinforce the behaviour over time. By like negative reinforcement, um, yeah. So negative reinforcement is when the phobic individual avoids unpleasant situation, so they avoid the um, phobic stimulus. Like for example, if you're phobic of a dog, yeah, they avoid it, which creates a desirable consequence. So like they're rewarded. Um, their reward is like they don't face the fear and anxiety that they would face if they encountered the dog. Does that make sense? They always avoid dogs, and that negatively like reinforces their avoidant behaviour because they're going to continue avoiding it, which makes their phobia stronger. Um, so yeah, they the behaviour is repeated and the phobia is maintained over time. So the two process model is like it's saying that the phobia initially. Um, begins by classical conditioning and it's maintained over time by operant conditioning. Yeah. And so the individual avoids phobic stimulus to escape fear and anxiety that exposure brings. Um, yeah, so the decreased fear reinforces avoidant behaviour so the phobia is maintained. Yeah. And then there's evaluation. So... Um, one limitation of the behavioural approach to explaining phobias is that some phobias don't follow the trauma. For example, you can have a fear of snakes, like a phobia of snakes, but you've never met one. Oh, you just sent me a snap. Um, but you've never met met met, but you've never met one in your life. So that's like evidence against the two process model because, um, you've, like, you haven't acquired the phobia by classical conditioning because you've never been exposed to a snake in your life. Does that make sense? Even though we've been exposed to many snakes, but, you know, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> Let me eat some twelve. And then one strength 
one strength is that it's good in it one strength is that there's good explanatory power i don't know what that means but you know that's what it says (laughs) um so yeah it's good because it explains long-term phobia maintenance um, so it has application to therapy, as it explains why phobics need to be exposed to feared stimulus um, in order to stop the avoidance, 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 which stops the reinforcement of, of, of avoidance behaviour. So the phobia declines. Can't I? Uh, I really can't speak. I've clocked it. Like I can't speak for long. I don't know why. Oh, I can't have some long conversation, even though I'm speaking to myself. But I can write. I can write really well. But well, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, so bad. I'm such a fat bitch, but I'm just sitting here. <laughs> eating as well, but I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why that makes me fat, because I'm just sitting here eating snacks like a normal person, but you know. Anyways, I'm just trying to share. Another limitation is um, it's an incomplete explanation. Um, this is because evolutionary factors um, exist, which the two-process model ignores. Um, so, like, in reality, it's easy to acquire phobias that were a source of danger in our evolutionary past. For example, snakes or the dark. Um, biological preparedness and adaptive for survival shows there is more to acquiring phobias than conditioning. Oh, oh yeah, I know what that means. Mm. No, no, no. So it's saying that um, there's like there's like. I don't know how to explain it. To be honest, I don't really know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, so funny. Alright. Another limitation is that there's alternative explanations for avoidance behaviours as not always associated with phobias for anxiety reduction as some avoidance behaviour... Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this one. Some avoidance behaviour for positive feelings of safety rather than to avoid phobic stimulus. For example, agoraphobia. I think I had agoraphobia. Can't lie, I think I do, you know, I think I still do a bit. Um, so, yeah, for example, like, the fear of leaving your house, um, like, you can do it. Some people, some people with agoraphobia can leave their house um, with, like, a trusted person. Um, and this goes against the two-process model because it suggests that avoidance is motivated by anxiety reduction but in reality um it might just be motivated by feelings of safety rather than to avoid the phobic stimulus you're probably like what the fuck but i get it it makes sense all right now we're going to look at the behavioral approach to treating phobias so there's two treatments one is systematic desensitization which is a behavioral therapy that gradually reduces um the phobic individual's anxiety by classical conditioning so the phobia sufferer learns to relax in the presence presence of the phobic stimulus to cure their phobia 
um, as a new response to the phobic stimulus is learned because the phobic stimulus is paired with relaxation rather than anxiety <clears throat> and this is called counter conditioning which means that um, the person with the phobia learns a different response to the phobia because um, of something called reciprocal inhibition which is like when it's impossible to be both afraid and relaxed at the same time like you can't be both afraid and in a relaxed state simultaneously so um like by teaching them relaxation techniques um they can learn to respond to the phobic stimulus like in a relaxed like a relaxed response rather than a anxiety response so over time it will cure the phobia does that make sense i don't know can't i don't really understand either no i understand it but it's just so like so you do this by um first the therapist and the person with the phobia creates an anxiety hierarchy um which is a list of like situations relating to the phobic stimulus that creates anxiety for them and they um what's it called they order it from the least to the most frightening so like if you have a phobia of a snake i keep saying snake yeah let me say snake (laughs) i have a phobia of snakes can't i (laughs) um yeah just a blocker blocker what was I saying? Yeah, if you have a phobia of snakes, yeah, like the actual animals, not the fucking people, because there's a lot of them. Um, I got distracted. Anyways, what was I saying? Yeah, so you'd create an anxiety hierarchy where maybe at the bottom, so the least, like, the least anxiety-inducing um, situation related to snakes would be perhaps, like looking at a photo of a snake um whereas the at the top of that anxiety hierarchy so the most like frightening situation to do with snakes would be like holding one does that make sense so you create that anxiety hierarchy with a therapist and then um you'd learn relaxation techniques so a therapist would teach you different relaxation techniques for example breathing exercises or like mental imagery techniques like like imagining yourself in your happy place or whatever which is in your arms boo or like meditation techniques so then the next step is exposure to the phobic stimulus when in a relaxed state so you'd have like many sessions and you would gradually you'd start from the bottom of the hierarchy and then when the patient stays relaxed in the presence of the bottom of the hierarchy you'd eventually move up to the next level and then the phobia is cured when the patient is able to stay relaxed um at the top of the hierarchy does that make sense but like you have to um make sure you're in a relaxed state before moving up to the next stage and then the second 
technique treatment is flooding which is when you expose the phobic individual to the phobic stimulus without like that gradual build up so it's immediate exposure to the frightening situation so if you have a phobia of snakes without like first looking at a picture and then moving your way up like the different scenarios instead you automatically like throw the patient into like holding a snake for hours does that make sense um but yeah and then with that there's like ethical safeguards because it's an unpleasant experience and it's going to be really distressing so you'd need to get like informed consent and stuff and um <clears throat> with flooding it stops the phobic responses fast as no opportunity for avoidance behavior to happen so cuz cuz you um because you like automatically expose them to the most frightening situation possible like with the phobia they can't like display any avoidance behavior um so they learn that the phobic stimulus is harmless which is called extinction 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 uh, oh. oh yeah so it makes the like phobia extinct so it eliminates it basically but yeah that's the key word. Um, and the learned response is gone when the... Huh? What does that mean? Oh, and then the learned response is gone when the conditioned stimulus is encountered without unconditioned stimulus so conditioned stimulus no longer produces conditioned response of fear here i think it's saying when the conditioned stimulus which would be the snake is encountered so when the when the person with the snake phobia encounters the snake without yeah oh i don't know what it means i can't lie to you Without when the conditioned stimulus encountered without the unconditioned stimulus, what just to say, oh Simon, just to say, just learning the first data response. Testing economics in the first week, there will be two less. Oh, Simon sent an email, but I don't wanna. I'll just finish this. That's probably what you texted me about. Um, I don't know what that bit means, but it's basically saying that the person with the snake phobia can encounter the snake without producing the conditioned response of fear so it can relax so the person can relax in the presence of the phobic stimulus because eventually the person becomes exhausted by their fear response like you can't sustain that level of panic for like a long time like your body automatically stops after a while so if you like throw the person in a room with a snake yeah like you do the most frightening situation possible they're gonna panic like there but then after a few hours their body automatically stops producing the fear response so yeah all right so to evaluate the behavioral treatments um so let's evaluate systematic desensitization first so one strength is that it's effective and it's long-lasting, it's helpful in reducing the anxiety associated with phobias. I don't know why, but that's so fucking short. That's, like, not enough, but okay. Um, 
another strength is that it's suitable for a diverse range of patients because it's gentle and it's the most appropriate treatment for learning for patients with learning difficulties because like they're not going to be able to understand flooding and like what's going on like and like why they're in this distressing situation whereas with systematic desensitization it's like a gradual process so it's more appropriate for like a wider range of people that might not like people with like autism and like whatever um and another strength is that it's preferred by patients because obviously it's like a calmer approach and it's like more acceptable and it's not as traumatizing it's quite pleasant like it has pleasant aspects for example like learning relaxation techniques and so that's seen in the low refusal refusal rates as in like patients there's like low refusal rates of treatment for systematic desensitization and then for flooding it's cost effective as it's quicker than alternatives because it's possible to just um cure the phobia in one session with flooding and the patient is free of symptoms asap um but one limitation is that it's a traumatic experience so some patients are just unwilling to continue which is a waste of time and money because they spend all that time and energy like preparing preparing to take the flooding session but then they refuse to start or complete the treatment um and also another limitation is that it's less effective for some phobia types it's effective for simple phobias but um less effective for complex phobias for example with like social phobias um it has cognitive aspects like irrational thoughts so like cbt might be better for those type of phobias. So yeah.